0: Good morning, everybody. How are we feeling this morning? Are we good? Are we ready? Fired up? Man, good morning to all of you. Good morning to everyone watching with us online this morning. Hey, congratulations. You made it. 21 days in prayer and fasting. You survived. You made it. Uh, but I really hope you're able to continue those habits because that's really what 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting is all about. And I know you heard just heard it on the announcements, but really want to invite you guys tonight. Make sure you're here, 5 o'clock for Night of Worship. It's always such a powerful evening whenever we do this, especially as we conclude 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. I get there's football on, but the Chiefs are winning it all, so just give it up and come <laughs> Night of Worship with us, all right? But listen, we are uh, in our final week of First Things First. And the theme verse that we've used for this entire series is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will provide everything you need. And man, that's like, that's the kicker. Because if we can figure this out and we can just get this verse of scripture right, everything else will begin to fall into place. Just seeking God above everything everything else that we do, and he'll provide our every need. I get it. We get frustrated sometimes because we read that. We're like, that sounds awesome. I think I can sign up for that. And then when the Lambo isn't pulled up in the driveway, and we don't have the 10,000 square foot house, and we didn't get to go spend three weeks in Italy, and we don't have millions of dollars in the bank, we're like, God, you said you'd provide everything I need. I need all of this stuff to survive. And we get frustrated. But it's understanding our wants versus needs. If we Try for him. And we seek after him in everything we do, man. He will provide everything that we actually need. And it's incredible whenever he does. And all month long, we've been really walking through this week by week. And we laid the foundation in week one, just letting us know it is true. God, we need to seek him first in all that we do. And week two, we talked about the family and the importance of the family and what we are called to do. And then last week, we talked about the role of the church, the importance of the church in gathering together and what it is we're called to do. And to Today, we're wrapping the the series up with something that we do a lot. We spend most of our time doing this. In fact, it's a place that we don't want to be at, with people we don't like, doing things we don't want to do, but we go anyway because we need a little bit of money. We're going to be talking about our work. We're going to be talking about our jobs and what it is we do every single day, and that's the reason we've titled the message, Whatever You Do. Whatever you do, because a lot of us will see work as a means to an end. Work is a paycheck. It's for us to be able to pay the bills. It's for us to be able to get food. It's for us to be able to do different things. But my hope is that we'll be able to shift that perspective just a little bit today and see what our work is really meant to do. Because many people, as, as you know, 8 o'clock rolls around tomorrow morning, we're miserable. We're mad. It's Monday. I don't want to go to work today. I just don't feel like doing it today. In fact, 87% of people say they do not like their jobs. for a place where we spent 40% of our life, we don't like being there. 77% of people say they hate their jobs. 48% of people are already looking for their next job, and 40% of people hope to be in a different job in 12 months. And listen, I get it. There are definitely situations for us to be able to move into a new job, move into a new career. It's important for us to do that sometimes. But I really hope that I'm able to, to allow us to focus today on what it is we're here to actually do because we don't like to work. But our first glimpse of God, what is he doing? He's not just laying back in the lazy boy watching TV. No, God's like creating everything. He's creating the entire universe. He is working from the very, very beginning. If we take a page out of Jesus's book and look how he chose his disciples and what he did whenever he did that. Jesus, whenever he began to start his ministry, he didn't say, okay, it's time. I'm going to start next year. It's go time. Let me call up Simon Cowell. Simon, I got this great idea. Listen, I'm about to start something. It's going to be huge. It's going to change humanity forever. Israel's got talent. What do you think? What do you think? You said, "Yes, and what we'll do? We'll get the best and brightest and best communicators, the smartest people, the religious leaders from all over the world, they'll come and they'll compete and we'll all vote on it and we'll have eliminations every single week and they'll show what we are supposed to do and then at the end of it all, Terry Crews will stand up and say, "And the winner of Israel's got talent is" and we'll wait a few minutes to build suspense and then that'll be the guy and he joins me. That would be awesome. That's not at all what Jesus did. He didn't go after the best and the brightest and the ones who had to be for the job. But he found fishermen and a tax collector. He went to people in their everyday lives doing what they always do, just trying to work the job, going through the stuff, dealing with family, dealing dealing with all of the stuff. He went there to find the people that would change the world forever. So maybe we can look at our job as not just being a job. And listen, if you're here and you don't, you know, you're not working, you're retired, maybe you stay at home and raise kids, maybe you're in between jobs, maybe you're a student right now, and you saying, well, this doesn't pertain to me at all. It's the reason we titled it for whatever you do. Because whatever you do every single day, that is our work. It is what we are supposed to be doing. And let's just be honest, it is our greatest opportunity to make an impact for the kingdom. It just is. That is our mission field people aren't just coming here to learn about Jesus. It is up to us to go out into our workplaces where we interact with people, just show them who Jesus really is. And our job as the church is to have people that become fully devoted followers of Christ. And they are now equipped to impact the areas in their lives of influence, to impact their communities, to impact culture for Jesus. It's our job to do it. It's what we are supposed to do. And listen, you may be here and thinking, well, I just listen. I've, I've done some stuff. I, I, I can't do all that. But when we look at who the Lord uses, it's unbelievable. He uses anybody. I mean, Jesus from Nazareth, the Savior of the world from Nazareth. I said, <laughs> nothing good comes from Nazareth. You got this guy confused with someone else. Joseph, the, the baby brother who was sold into slavery and spent so much time in prison would become second command in all of Egypt and impact so many. David, the King David, was out in the fields hanging out, just doing it. No one cares about him. He can't be the guy. God will use unlikely people in unlikely places to do unlikely things. He's done it before. He's going to continue to do it forever and ever because that's just who he is. So we're on a mission. We're on a mission for the eternal things. Jesus says to go out and to make disciples is what we've been called to do. So today, I hope that I'm just able to shift our perspective just a little bit to realize that what we do every single day matters so much for the kingdom of God. So let's pray, and we're going to dive into his word today. God, we love you. We're just so thankful for everything that you do and just being able to get together and just be in your presence together and just want to pray over your word. Pray it speaks to us loud. It speaks to us clearly that, God, whatever we are doing, whatever our position is, wherever we have responsibility, God, just use us in the way that you want to use us to be able to carry out the mission that you have put forth to us, God. And we'll give you all the credit for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So number one, the first thing we need to do is we need to work with purpose, work with purpose in all that we do, in whatever we do. Look at Genesis chapter 2. It says, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. So you read that, and you're like, well, okay, God's like, he created all of this stuff, but it's not like, it's not doing anything. It's just kind of there. It's, it's, no one's there to attend to it. There's no Rain, what in the world are we doing? We're going to see the reason for that in verse 15. It says, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. Bam, there it is. Okay, so God created all of this stuff, and it's so important for us. And he placed man there to tend to it, to watch over it, to make it grow. It was his job from the very, very beginning. A lot of us will think that work is because of sin. That's why I hate my job. That's why, I hate my, that's why I hate all of this stuff. But we see work from the very beginning. Now, sin has made it more difficult for us, for sure. But we are created and designed for work. It's better for us to work. It's better for us to stay productive and do things that we need to do to help push the mission forward, to help improve things. Studies have shown that whenever we are active, when we are working, when we are with other people, it's good for our health to be able to do that. We need to work every single day with the purpose that God has created for us. If you look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, it says this. It says, Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. That's a little painful. Yet, we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work, and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. As for the rest of you, dears, brothers and sisters, and this is the kicker. Never get tired of doing good. Never get tired of doing good. Never grow weary to work and produce something good. Just don't, and I get it. You may say, well, I, listen, I don't understand. All right, listen, you, my, my coworkers, they're awful. They're like the worst people on earth. You just don't get it. My boss is the biggest jerk going. I hate filling out those stupid TPS reports every single week. It's driving me nuts. You don't get it. Listen, I, I have a business, I have employees, and we work a lot together. I work with, I, listen, we've seen it all. Ain't nothing that we have never seen. We, I had a meeting Friday with my service manager talking about some new people that we were, we were bringing in. And we just kind of talked about some of the people we've had in the past and just some of the stories, are things. I mean, there's been everything from, from aliens to getting sued for giving someone a job. Listen, things happen. Um, I get it. People are crazy. Okay. But it's our greatest mission field. Because if we understand our purpose and we work every single day with the purpose that God has created us for, He will open up doors like you could never even imagine. There are days I don't want to do it. There are days where I feel like I am the biggest moron ever. I just, I just, I need to go. This ain't for me. I need to go do something else. But we stay on the mission that God has created us for. And it will open up those conversations. And because I'm able to do that, and it's not easy, I promise you that, He's opened up doors where I have conversations with people all over the country, other business owners, and we talk about the business and you know, what we're doing and best practices, but it has opened up a few faith conversations too because they know where I stand, people that I would never get to talk to. God opens the doors. So what's your purpose in work? You may be asking yourself that question. What is my purpose in my work? Thing is, we all have that in common. Our purpose is people. Ugh, Right? People are hard, man. People are tough to deal with. I mean, have you met us before? We're, we're tough. We're kind of mean, a little rude, a little snarky sometimes, selfish. So we'll push someone down to get what we want. That's just who people are. But they're the single greatest asset that's out there. God created them. We're supposed to love people. It's, the, it's our mission. It is our purpose, our people. And I get it. People are so hard to deal with. But we're starting a series next week called Dirty Stinky Stables. We're going to talk all month long about people and how to deal with people because we get it. People are crazy and they're hard to deal with sometimes, but they're so, so important to the kingdom of God. So we have to be able to do that. If you lose sight of the people, you've lost sight of your purpose. It's all about the people. Instead of working for a living, let's work to make a difference instead because that's what we've been taught our entire lives work to make a living, work to make that money. From the time we're even in elementary school now, it's well you need to study hard and you need to work hard so you can make good grades. And when you get to high school, you need to study harder and you need to play sports and you need to be involved in extracurriculars to be able to get into a really good college and graduate at the top of your class. And whenever you get into college, guess what? You need to work harder. You need to join a fraternity or a sorority and you need to do all of this stuff. And you need to be able to graduate early with honors. Why do you need to do that? So you can go get a good job at a really good company. And whenever you get that job at that really good company, you need to do everything you can to be able to work up in that company. You need to get there early. You need to stay there late. You need to work 80 hours a week. And oh, by the way, you need to find a spouse and raise children. And you need to get promoted to make, to make more money and get the raise and get promoted and get a raise. All to get to 65, retire and die. That, my friends, is the American dream. And we've been conditioned to know that this is what we're supposed to do. This is the reason that we are so overworked and so overwhelmed, and overstressed, and overextended, and so unsatisfied in what we're doing. Because we've been conditioned our entire life, work as hard as you can, as much as you can, to make as much money as you can, to get as much stuff as you can. That's not the purpose that he has for us. I, listen, this is my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that whenever we go before God one day, and we walk in, he's gonna be like, yeah, there he is. He made it. He's here, y'all, the multi-millionaire with all of the money that could ever be made. All the cars, all the houses, he's finally here. I don't think God's going to do that when when we walk in the door and we made all the millions and we worked ourselves to death. I I don't think so. I think for most of it, it's it's, going to look a little more, as we walk in before God, say, man, I'm I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) I'm I'm just so happy that you're here. Look, I know it was hard sometimes, but you're always there. You're so faithful. I know it didn't work out. You went through some impossible situations. You went through things that were so difficult, but you stayed faithful. I'm so glad that you're here. Hey, you you remember Jim? Remember that guy that you worked with at, at, at that temp job? Oh, you hated it so much. But for six months, he was just after you constantly he was so mean and so hateful and so angry. I just want to let you know you were you're so encouraging. You were so kind to him. I want to let you know he made it. He's here. It's because of you. You may have not thought so, but it's because of you. You prayed for him. He made it. That's the opportunity we have, y'all. That person who we don't like, it's our mission field. It's what we've been called to do. Don't underestimate that seed you planted 20 years ago. Just by being nice to that person who cut you off in traffic even. Just being kind to that person at work, whatever it looks like. Don't underestimate the seed that could have planted for one day them to get before God and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's our purpose. And that's what we are to put into our work every single day. We work with purpose. Number two, we work with passion. Colossians chapter 3 says, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. This can change it all. Yeah, your boss may be the worst. I get it. You ain't working for him. You ain't working for that person. We're working for the Lord, period. And that can change everything but we get a little let down sometimes. Well, you don't get it. You know, they, they, I don't get recognized for anything. They don't appreciate me at all over here. You know, that person, I got passed up because of that guy got the job. He got the promote. I got passed up for that. They're getting the rewards. I did all of the work. I'm just going to go somewhere else. How many times have maybe, maybe missed out on an opportunity from God because, man, we were just fed up and we had no passion with what we were going to do anymore? They're not recognizing me. I'm going to do the bare minimum to get by. I'll show them. And that's how we think. But God placed you there for a reason. You are where you currently are for a reason. And we understand that. We see his purpose. Man, we will be able to work with passion in everything that you do. Listen, what are your passions? What are you guys passionate about? What is it that just gets you fired up? It could be anything, but how are we directing those passions in what we do? And You may say, well, listen, I love music. It's incredible, but I work a desk job as an accountant. It doesn't match up. Man, I love sports so much, and I love youth sports. and could make an impact there, but I work at a doctor's office. What are your passions? Because even whatever those look like and wherever you currently stand, If you're passionate about Jesus, he will bring those together. I promise you he can bring those together and you can use what you are gifted with for him. Be passionate about what we do. Martin Luther King Jr. once said this. He said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. That's how we should approach our every day. That is the best receptionist that anyone has ever seen in their entire life. That's the best ER doctor ever. That is the best whatever that is, insert whatever it is, that's what we strive to do every single day, to have passion about what we do. It doesn't matter what it is. We're placed there for a reason, we're placed there on purpose. So, how do we kind of shift our mindset just a little bit? How do we treat our jobs and our careers as a get-to and not a got? So, I got four little extra ones. I want you to write down. First one is see people over tasks. See people over tasks. I know Lumberg showed up and wanted you to work the weekends with TPS reports. I get it. That's your boss. What's he going through? See people over tasks. People matter more than the tasks. It's the greatest asset in the world are people. Understanding the why behind the what. The second thing, view everything through the lens of eternity. Everything through the lens of eternity. Everything we do, view it through the lens of eternity. Because every single person we will ever come in contact with has something in common. They're going to they're gonna see eternity at some point in time. They'll either know Jesus or they won't. And you could have been that person that makes it go from not to yes. That that's the opportunity. The person that sits across from you. The person down the hall. The person that works across the country that you're on a conference call with every couple of weeks. The impact that that can be made. View everything through the lens of eternity. Number three, get plenty of rest. man. You wonder why every time we ask someone how they're doing, hey, man, how you doing? So tired. (laughs) (laughs) Tired. You have no idea how tired. We ain't sleeping enough, y'all. We're staying up till 2 a.m., scrolling social media. Every study ever done says, you know what? Humans need about eight hours of sleep to be well-rested, to perform well the next day. Average adult gets six right now. Wonder why we're so tired. Wonder why we're so frustrated. Wonder why we have such a short temper. We're not getting enough sleep. It's that simple. Let's get some rest to do what the Lord has called us to do. And the fourth little extra, pray for clarity and opportunity. Pray for that opportunity. Like, God, I know, listen, she's been the worst. The worst. But God, help me through it and help me show her who you are. If you pray for opportunities, God will give you those opportunities. Pray for the opportunities to make a difference. Because God will oftentimes do something in you well before he does something for you. Which means, are you willing to go back? Are you willing to have this encounter with God? and Are you willing to go back to that place? To the same old job. To the same old desk to the same old classroom, with the same old people, the same old boss, and do the same old thing, but allow God to do something brand new in you. If we do, we'll work in our purpose. We'll be passionate about what we're doing because we're making a difference for the kingdom. And number three is work with production. Work with this mind of production. I'm going to produce something because it's what we're supposed to do. In Genesis 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses 28, it says, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. We have a job to do. We are here to produce, we're here to grow it. We're going to reign over everything. That's what God has called us to do, not just sit back and watch things happen he's called us to produce. If we look at all of creation, everything is producing something. Light and dark are to separate our days. The sky was produced to separate heaven and earth. The ground is there to produce vegetation. Animals were there to produce other animals and we are here to produce and reign and govern over it all. We're here to produce something. So, what is your work producing? What you do right now, what's it producing? I think if we're honest with ourselves, many of us are producing Fruit Loops rather than fruit. I know they're good, man. I love Fruit Loops. They look good, smell good, they taste good. They make milk taste so good. Listen, they're fantastic. We're hungry and it fills our bellies, and we feel good after. But they're so full of sugar, and they're killing us inside. Is our life producing that? Well, we're producing fruit like God has instructed us to do. What is our life's work producing? Again, you are planted where you are for a reason. Could just be for a season, but you are there for a reason. And we don't move until God tells us to move because we are in tune with him. Almost two years ago, about this time, we were afforded an opportunity where a large manufacturer came to us and they said, hey, we got this huge opportunity ready for you. Um, our New England market in Boston has opened up, and we want you to kind of put it together some, uh, a presentation if you're interested in doing it because we think you'd be good to move in there. Now there's us and, and a bunch of other companies who are going to do that. And If you know anything about me, we love Boston. Boston's amazing. We love to go visit there. We're diehard Boston Red Sox fans. I love the Red Sox, even though me and the Red Sox are fighting right now. I still love them and they're great. My daughter loves the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum's her favorite player. This was a great opportunity, so immediately we're like, yes, I'm in. Let's do this. So we began to work and do the research and put plans into place and get ready to be able to, to do this, and it was us and so many other companies, and we went through meetings and interviews and presentations, and it got down to between us and one other company, and we had this one final big presentation, and we presented, and it was amazing. I felt so good about it, some of the people in the meeting that I called me after said, hey, listen, that was amazing. That was incredible. They loved it. They absolutely loved it. Let's get together next week. Let's go ahead and start talking about the plans for you guys to get in there by the end of the year. And about a week or two goes by. I'm working from home that day, and I get a phone call from one of the decision makers. He says, hey, Matt, can you jump on a Zoom call with us in about an hour? We want to discuss Boston with you. I'm like, great. My wife's at home. She heard the phone call. We're so excited about it. I pop open the Zoom. They're like, Matt, this It was incredible. Your presentation was great. We love your plans. It was the best ones that we have heard. We're so happy about what it is. This is amazing what you're doing. But we decided to go another way. Ooh, we. I had to listen to the rest of that phone call. I was so mad. I was so frustrated. Listen, if another person would have told me, well, the Holy God's got this under control, I would have grabbed one of those chairs and beat you over the head with it. <laughs> All right. I didn't want to hear that. I wanted to be mad. I was mad at myself because we didn't get it. I was mad at them. But boy was I ever mad at God. It's like how how dare you do that to me? It's what it was supposed to be, man. How could you let me down like this? But I'd forgotten you're planted where you are for a reason. I didn't get it. I was mad. I was mad for a while. But he made it pretty clear, and it still is today why he did not allow that to happen because had we gone to Boston we had planned to be there for about six months to get it up going off the ground but knowing who is there and having conversations with them about it there's no doubt we'd still be there today we'd have had to move there full-time pull our kids uproot our family away from our friends everything we've got and move there full-time but it's Boston that's kind of that's kind of cool But God made it really clear why he didn't allow that to happen, because we're still here. And we're able to still have our small group, which connected people and families together to create life-giving relationships. Had we got Boston, my wife would have never gotten back into students, where her passion is to be able to help grow the next generation. My wife would not have gotten a job at Calera High School and be at the schools nearly every day, coaching high school volleyball and softball and developing relationships with those students. Had my wife got not gotten that job, she wouldn't have been there when a family in Clear High School suddenly lost their teenage son in a car accident. And they didn't know what to do, but she was planted right where she was supposed to be to help lead them through that. And Cultivate Church was here to be able to provide a place because everyone else told them no. To be able to provide a place and get them through that awful time. Had we even gotten Boston... None of that happens. Had we have gotten Boston, my son wouldn't be in students now and growing there. Had we not gotten Boston, would have never given his life to Jesus this summer at youth camp with students. Wouldn't have happened. My kids wouldn't be serving the way they are. I wouldn't be here today. We would have been plucked out of where we are supposed to be would have been taken away from friends and, and people who we've developed these relationships with that are so good for us and so life-giving. It would have been all gone away because I wanted something that God had not intended for me. Now, Jesus says in, uh, in John chapter 13, he says, you don't understand what I'm doing, but someday you will. I didn't understand what he was doing, but I get it a lot more now. Listen, wherever you stand today, you may not understand what he is doing. But someday you will. You are right where you're supposed to be for this moment right now. There's a reason you're in this building today. There's a reason you have the family that you have. There's a reason your kids are friends with who they're friends with. There's a reason you have the job that you have. There's a reason the things that have happened the way that they have happened. There's an impact to be made with the people that you surround yourselves with. Now you are firmly planted where you are for a reason. Listen, look at Jesus. He modeled this perfectly. He had a purpose with what he was supposed to do. Jesus had a purpose. And he was passionate about it. He loved it. But when it came time to fulfill that purpose, man, the day before, he's like, God, man, I'd love a plan B because I don't think I want to go through with this. But because he continued the course, he stayed the mission, he produced eternal life for every one of us. Where you are today, you have the opportunity to produce eternal life for someone in your life through Jesus. It's the opportunity you have when we understand what our purpose is, we put it in our everyday, we can produce that for someone. Listen, I wanna pray for you. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes, our worship team's gonna come back up. If you're our guest today, nothing funny or weird's gonna happen. No one's coming to get you or anything like that, but today is the moment. Jesus produced eternal life, spent eternity with him. Whatever we do, let's seek him first. And maybe you're here and you haven't. Maybe you're here and man, work's tough, life's tough, the family's tough, the kids are tough, everything seems to be falling apart. And it's not always sunshine and rainbows, but I can promise you, whenever you seek after Jesus first, you know you're not alone. You know you got someone there. And you'll begin to learn that his purpose and his plan is greater than what you could have ever imagined. I'm living proof of it. If that's you, it just starts with a step. starts with a decision. Just saying, yes, Jesus, I need you. And if that's you and you make that decision today, it starts with a simple prayer. You just say, God, today I need you. God, I'm asking for forgiveness for all of my sins. I recognize that you sent Jesus to die for me. And I recognize him as my Lord and Savior today. I want to make him number one in my life. And God, for every one of us, in whatever we do, God, I pray our purpose is brought to the surface. God, I pray that if we're, we're confused at all about what that looks like, that you bring it to the surface, that you make it known. But most importantly, God, I'm just praying for opportunity. And when we go to work tomorrow, you give us the opportunity. God, that when we show up next week, you just give us the opportunity. God, just give us the opportunities to bring light in the middle of people's darkness, God, and give us the strength to be able to carry out that mission. And whenever you do, we'll give you all the credit for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.